In the shadow of your wings I will abide forever And hear my spirit sings I will rejoice in you, my God Welcome to In the Shadow of Your Wings with Pastor John Marins of the Granby Christian Church. The Granby Christian Church desires the lost to be saved and the believer to passionately pursue Christ in all that they do. Let's join Pastor John Marins for today's message. Well, good evening, and it's so great to be with you again tonight. And we're looking forward to sharing with you. Linda Starkweather is again in the studio with me, and I'm so thankful for her life and her faith and We just want to start in prayer, though, and ask God to use this time to help us all to be so thankful. God, we just thank you for Linda and her ministry to my family, to Janie and I, and to just a host of other people. God, I thank you that you introduced us through Jesus Christ and her warmth, her love, Father. I pray that the whole audience listening tonight will just sense that Christ fills her heart and she longs just to serve Christ with all of her being. So bless this time that we have together in the name of Jesus. Amen. Again, our guest tonight is Linda Starkweather. She lives in Joplin. What a wonderful witness she is as she's a gracious hostess at Chick-fil-A in Joplin. Linda, welcome. Thank you, brother. (laughs) You know, we wanted to talk a little bit more about something we talked about last week, Mm -hmm. that idea of rejoicing evermore. Share with us how important it is to rejoice always. Well, you know, it's uh, so easy sometimes to just be rejoice when everything's going well Mm -hmm. but as you know and I've lived a lot of years now that's not the case a lot of times but I love this is why I love 1st Thessalonians 5 16 and 17 and 18 he tells us three things Paul's telling us that we're to be joyful we're to pray and we're to give thanks Mm -hmm. that all sounds great and because people say well I'm joyful you know things are going well I'm I'm happy well I pray I pray every day and then I give thanks oh I'm very thankful but then you've got to read the rest of the words he says be joyful always Mm. now that's a little harder to do isn't it (laughs) yes it is you know no matter what always be joyful and then he says pray continually Mm. that is to have an attitude of prayer all day long in your thoughts be praying and and talking to your god and then he says give thanks here's the hard one in all circumstances Mm. you know that's not easy when when you're uh, having hard times but then i the last of it is for this is god's will in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, John, but many times people have said to me, I just wish I knew what God's will for my life was. And, uh, you know, I always say, get in the Word. He'll tell you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all written out there. But Paul is telling us right here that we are to be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances because this is God's will for us. Yes. You know, Paul just didn't write these words, and it mean nothing. Paul lived these words. Yes. And if you go back to Acts, the chapter 16, you're going to see what he did. Uh, he and Silas had been arrested and thrown into jail. But before that, it says they were severely beaten. 
this isn't just a light beating, but the, they were beaten on by the mob, and then they were flogged, severely flogged. So you know their bodies were suffering. They had pain. And what happened then? They threw them in to the inner cell. The reason they th put them in the inner cell was because the jailer had been warned, don't let these prisoners out, because in other words, if you do, your life's on the line. So he put them in the inner cell so there'd be more gates to get through to escape. And then the next thing that the guard did, he put them in stocks. Now, John, can you imagine having mm -hmm. your legs stuck straight out, mm -hmm. sitting down, your legs straight, and you, at your ankles, they're in these stocks, and you can't move your legs. I can't imagine. And their body's hurting. Mm. You know, I get the picture of what they're suffering. Yeah. You know, bodies are hurting. They like, can't move their legs. And what are they doing? They're praising God. Thank and you. they're singing songs. Yes. You know, he's living this verse. Yes. And what is the result of that? The other prisoners are listening, it tells us. Yes. They are being heard. And they're praising Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? God sends an earthquake. And not only is the jail cells gone, but the chains are dropped and their stocks are gone. And now the jailer is scared to death. Oh my gosh. And he's getting his sword out to kill himself. And Paul yells out, no, no, we're all here. Nobody escaped. And what happens? This jailer comes over and says to him, what must I do to be saved? Oh, my. And the Bible tells us that he and his whole household were saved. Yeah. Why do you think he did? Because he knew this man was praising God and singing songs when he shouldn't have been. Yeah. He should have been complaining. Oh, woe is me. I've got a hard life. God doesn't hear me. I'm praying and he's not listening. No. He sang songs of praise. Mm. So when I see the result of what Paul did, it makes me desire to live this verse. Amen. I want to be joyful always. I want to pray continually, and I want to give thanks in all things, all my circumstances, for it tells me this is God's will for me, and I want to live God's will. Mm. You know, this life's hard, yeah. and I've, I've been through some deserts mm -hmm. and questioning where God was, you know, but I'd always come back to the Word, and I can remember walking one time. I was so upset with my circumstances. I didn't like it. God had moved me away from my children, who I adored, and I couldn't understand why He'd break up a family and move us. So I would walk three miles in the morning because I'd gotten depressed, and I'd never been depressed in my life. But I got up, and I thought, ah, if I get out of bed, eh, it's, you know, nobody's going to call, nobody's going to come by. I haven't been here long enough to find a church home yet. And it was hard walking into a church with no family. My husband was working on Sunday, and I didn't have any children. And so people out there, take notice of people that walk in your church. Amen. Reach out to them. Amen. Because it was hard for me, and I felt alone as I sat in that pew, because I'd had family around me before, and now I didn't have. So I became depressed, and but I knew it clicked in my brain when I said, I'm going to stay in bed. I thought, no, you're not. Get up out of this bed, and I started walking. And I walked three miles in the morning and two miles in the evening, and just to have something to do and to make myself do it. 
and I would literally be shouting back at God as I walked. I'm trusting in you with all my heart. I'm leaning not on my own understanding because I don't understand this at all. (laughs) But I know you're God, and I believe you, and I trust you that you will make my path straight. So that's what I did. You know, God doesn't mind us being angry at him and yelling at him. He can take it. But he brings it back to the point that we have to say, you know, you're God and I'm not. That's right. You've got a plan. I don't see the master plan. I don't see what you're doing here. Now, as I look back over that, I see the lessons that he taught me. And when I left Mississippi, I cried. I cried when I went, but I cried when I left because I've made such dear friends. So, you know, we don't know the master plan that God does. And, you know... I look at this verse and it makes me realize that nothing, nothing comes into our life that isn't first filtered through God's loving hands. And those are the very hands that bear the scars that paid for my salvation. So am I going through a bad time? Yes, I am. And I have bad times. I don't understand why certain things happen. But this tells me I'm to be joyful. Even in these circumstances, God, I don't know. But you know, when I see this, if we as Christians would live this verse, I just think what a difference this world would be. What a difference if people saw us living our faith, that even when we're facing an illness, even if when we're facing a death. And I remember when my husband of almost 60 years became sick, and he had to go to the hospital. And he was in intensive care for seven and a half weeks. And as my son said, I wouldn't take a million dollars for those seven and a half weeks because we got to laugh, we cried, we got to say what we wanted to say. But my husband's faith stayed strong. It stayed strong. But I was coming into the hospital one day. The boys had let me stay home. And... uh, I was coming in, and at Freeman Hospital, if you're familiar with it at all, they have stained glass windows right outside the intensive care waiting room. And I've seen them over a hundred times of visiting people there and everything. But I came in that day, and I happened to glance up, and I saw Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I lost it, John. I started crying. But why I was crying was... I said, God, you knew what you were facing in a matter of hours. You knew it. You were praying. And you said, not my will, but thy will, dear Lord. You knew it, and yet you did it. You followed through. You went to that cross. And I said, God, if you love me enough to die for me, I can give you Jerry. You know, he's in a win-win situation. He's either coming home with me or he's going home with you. That's right. So I walked into that intensive care waiting room, and I had the peace that passes all understanding. Mm. I walked in there, and everything was going wrong that could go wrong, and uh, they were, it was not good. But, you know, I just sat there and said, thank you, Lord. I, I thank you, Lord. And two days before Jerry passed, he said to me, I just want to go home. Well, he couldn't say it because he was on a ventilator, but he mouthed it. I just want to go home. And I very naively said, oh, you want to come home to the dog and I? And then it hit me what he meant. And I said, do you want to go see Jesus? And to me, he said, either way. But the next day, he said to our son, Rick, he said, I want to go see Jesus. He was ready. He had fought, fought hard. And so they... They called, the, the very next day they called and, and 
Rick said, you, you need to get here. They had told me, you're going to have a day off. Uh, we're staying you know, around the clock, and Mom, you're staying home today. But he called me, and I was on my way there anyway. You know how it is. I couldn't stay away. And he said, Mom, you need to come. So his lungs had started to fill up with blood. And, and uh, so they said, well, you can let him lay there, and it'll take three to four days. Well, you're not going to let somebody drown in their own blood. Or you can turn off the ventilator, and he'll be gone in three to four hours. So, of course, we opted for taking off the ventilator. So we had time to pray with him, and he was he was really comatose. But he, we got to pray with him and for him. And uh, we turned that ventilator off, John, and he was gone in 15 minutes. Wow. He was ready. He was ready. He was ready. So can we give thanks? Yes. Even when we lose someone we love, yes, we can. But, you know, I love this verse because it's helping me through a rough time. Yes. And it will help our listeners if they will just live what this verse is. Aren't you thankful for the Bible that gives us this word? <laughs> Amen. We can never believe what Satan's saying about our life or us. We must believe what the Bible says about our life and us. We're, we're getting ready to close in prayer, but just before we do, I think it's interesting in the 19th verse, they were in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. The 19th verse says, quench not the spirit. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, with your sharing today, Linda, it just it made me think that if we're not rejoicing always, yeah. we're disobeying God and yeah. we are quenching the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So let's not quench the spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's rejoice evermore. Mm-hmm. Let's pray without ceasing and everything. Let's give thanks again for this is the will of God in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus concerning Amen. you, concerning me. Well, let's pray. Father, I rejoice in your word that you've given us, that you cared enough to put your words into the mouth and fingers and hands of these people that wrote it down. So, Father, thank you that we can stand on this word. Your word is true. It is. We can stand on it. You're an, it's an anchor. It's a rock. So even when things are rough, we can be joyful. We can pray without, and we can, can, can in all circumstances. Thank God for it. So thank you, Lord, that today there's someone hurting, and they need to know the assurance that you care, that you're there. And I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that that God will never leave you or forsake you. That if you're his child, he will be with you every step of the way, holding your hand and helping. That's what we rely on. That's what we know. That's what John and I know, and that's what every Christian can know. God will never leave you or forsake you. He is there, and he loves you. Thank you, God, for your love, for your care, and just help us to obey your word. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you, Linda. God bless you. Thank you for listening to In the Shadow of Your Wings with Pastor John Marins of the Granby Christian Church. If you don't have a church home, they would like to invite you to join them this Sunday for morning worship at 1045. The church is located at 969 Granby Miners Road in Granby, Missouri. Have a blessed weekend and remember to abide in the shadow of his wings. I will rejoice in you. My God, in the shadow of your wings.